Well, good evening, everyone. Um, I'll see if I can get everyone on screen here. Ah, that's better. I can see all of you now. Because I've got people from what I can see all over the world here tonight. But anyway, um, I'm feeling a little bit like a, a, a radio announcer here tonight, talking out, you know, without people in front of me. So I'm getting used to it. Um, and I forgot to uh, record the talk um, last time, so I'm going to repeat a few of the things I said last time, uh, which I think are worthwhile repeating anyway. But anyway, uh, in short, you know, just simply, um, this situation that we're in with the coronavirus pandemic, um, the question is, what can we learn from it? You know, what is it teaching us? And uh, as you may know from your, your Buddhist training, old age, sickness and death are known as the divine messengers. So this is one of the divine messages. What is it teaching us? Uh -huh. And <clears throat> as I said last week, um, it, it's quite understandable if people's uh, anxiety goes up during this time. Some people's anxiety may not go up because things haven't really changed for them, but for a lot of people it will. And it's really important as Zen practitioners to think, oh, I'm a Zen practitioner, I don't get anxious, I don't get stressed. Maybe you don't. But if you do, it's important to acknowledge it and to recognise how it manifests in your body. And, and very importantly, that you befriend it. Mm -hmm. It's just energy manifesting as a particular emotion and, and you befriend it uh, rather than, than pushing it away or being indifferent to it. <clears throat> and it's also anxiety comes out in many, many um, different ways for different people. And for some people it goes into catastrophizing and going crazy. Um, for other people it, it takes the form of um, being angry and blaming. For others, it takes the form of controlling, trying to control your environment more and more or control the people be around you. So it's important to recognise, one, whether it's manifesting and to be able to see for yourself what particular pattern it takes so that you can practise labelling, labelling behaviour and, and labelling and thoughts. Because what's the nature of anxiety is, see, my sense is that, um, and it happens in, in wars as well, uh, when they, they document and research what happens to people in war zones. People don't get depressed during war. They haven't got time to be depressed. you just got to survive. And so anxiety is what manifests. And depression's often about the past, but anxiety is about the future. What's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen to my job? Can I pay the rent? Will there be enough food? What's going to happen to my children? Are my grandparents, are my parents going to die? All of those things are uncertain things for all of us. And I know you know all this, but I'm just repeating it again. What is important is that we stay present. We've got the training to be present. And if anxiety arises, well, we can befriend the anxiety and we can acknowledge it. But it doesn't have to trigger off that 
thinking pattern that goes round and round and round and lives in the future. Mm -hmm. It'll go there, but you just keep bringing it back to the present. We've all got the training to do that. <clears throat> One of the other things I was thinking too, in terms of traditional Buddhist teachings, is that teaching that I've talked about before and many of you are familiar with about the mustard seed where there's a, a mother who's lost her child, who's died, and she goes to the Buddha, and the Buddha says, well, go round to every family in the village and get me a mustard seed from everyone who hasn't had a death in the family. So she goes round to all the different families and everyone's had a death, so she's got nothing to offer back to the Buddha, but there's a, there's a realisation in all of that, that that suffering is universal. It's not just personal, it's universal. And if we reflect on the situation that we're in now, this unusual situation where everything's closing down and locking down, if I reflect on what my own um, grandparents went through, um, one, First World War, off to war, off to Europe, off to France, in the trenches, mm -hmm. and a mother and children left behind. Um, then a depression. And what my parents went through was a Second World War, conscripted into the army. Things are out of your control. Things are very, very different. Sure, we had a global financial crisis some years ago, but it re didn't really affect Australia very much. And here we are having our crisis, you know, which in many ways, we'll see how it turns out. But um, by comparison, it's a rather mild crisis compared to being in a war zone. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so we got so used to our comfortable middle-class existence, now something's come along that's really pulled the rug out from underneath us. Uh -huh. That's our teacher. Now, I've also been reflecting on uh, how Zen monks in Japan, as are referred to as Unsui, which means clouds and water, which means that they're homeless. And in one sense, they have no home. And yet, wherever they are, and the whole universe is their home. Mm -hmm. But it's also what I was thinking about today, it's also pointing towards the nature of Zen practice, that it's not about believing in anything. There's no, there's ne no reference point in Zen to, to anchor you. Mm -hmm. it's, it's all empty. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're grounded in the present moment, but what's the present moment? Something that's changing and shifting and re-manifesting all of the time. And so it's about becoming at home in that uncertainty. That uncertainty was always there. It's just that coronavirus is um, showing it up to us a little bit more at the moment. And to come down to um, a practical way of moving ahead here with the, the skills that everyone has in Zazen and also particularly in doing retreats and doing session, one, one way of thinking of the next few months, maybe the next six months, too long, how long, we don't know how far it will go, but I think it's worthwhile to think of it in the spirit of it being a session. Mm -hmm. And you've all, I think, experienced session. 
And um, when you do session, you yes, you're you're touching the heart mind, and you're touching that sense of no reference point. If you reflect on your own experience as you go into to session, if I do, it's like everything's kind of just calm for a day or two. And then there's this sense that there's no reference point anywhere because your busy mind has stopped thinking about things and trying to work things out. No reference point. At first, it's a bit disconcerting. Mm -hmm. And we often go through those first two days um, to use an expression one of my friends did many years ago, slowing the despond. You know, we go through a kind of little depression, low mood. What's the meaning of life? What's the point of all this? And then once we get through that, um, we then settle into session and we can quite enjoy it, you know, um, or at least if difficult things come up, we can be grounded and present with it. And we seem to go much more into a state of flow. Mm -hmm. So... If you're off work, you know, if, if things are quieter for you in your life socially, which it is for all of us, um, this is an opportunity to create a kind of Zen temple in your own home. Um, and instead of taking refuge in mindless conversation, mindless excitement, mindless um, uh, digital time, to create a routine of doing sasin, doing more sasin, doing things like menial tasks in a routine, like samu, like gardening, painting the house, things like that. It, it's an opportunity for us all to be quieter um, and really to be living maybe for the next six months in a in spirit, in a kind of a, a Zen temple. And one of the things that we create in session, uh, these two things that, that come together, they come together like emptiness and form or like the absolute and the relative. We, we sit and we sit like it's particularly say in Shikantaza with no reference point, uh, just no reference point at all, nothing to believe in, nothing to hang on to. Um, while we're in that creating that, that, that experience of emptiness. At the same time, Zen training is very strict on its routine and its structure because you need a structure in which to hold people in that empty space. So we're perhaps more structured than um, what other um, meditation traditions are with our ritual and our bells. Uh -huh. It's very important at home during this time to actually create a routine and you don't have to stick to it rigidly um, but you, ha you have a routine that you go through that keeps you grounded during the day and keeps you grounded in this, this experience of uncertainty. <clears throat> um, it is like a session um, but the note I'd like to end on is that um, we, with a normal session we know when it's going to end <laughs> goes for a week uh, or it goes for two days and um, and we can in, we can enjoy the experience of session and um, and sometimes there's a longing for it to continue but we're also very glad when it ends as well 
Um, and what's different about this little mini session is that it's even a greater teaching because we don't know when it's going to end. Mm -hmm. We don't know when it's going to end. And that's, that's a great teaching. That's something for us to sit with over the coming months. So I'm not going to um, continue to give a talk every time on coronavirus. Uh, um, there's other interesting things in life besides coronavirus. And um, we'll go back to doing general teaching on whatever comes up and what's important. So I wish you well, everyone.